How y'all doing? It's Paul Ryan, your host of the Across the Cowboys podcast. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me, as always, is my co-host, the greatest co-host in the world, Mike the Pig Crumb. Mike, how are you? Doing good, man. Doing good. Just, you know, Halloween's over, starting to get the schedule, wanting to get that schedule lightened a little bit and, you know, not have to uh, struggle. Every time we come on here, we have, you know, great content, great episode, great writing. You got me going, and uh, you know, Dak Prescott. Uh, you know, so I'm 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 waiting for that day that I'm to my three days working, and I'm and I'm a little bit you know able to work out more, able to cook more, put a little bit better food in my body. You know, Mike, I know you had to work last night, but you're you're a pretty festive guy. If you're not working on Halloween, do you like hand out candy? Do you dress up? Like, do your is there like a regular costume party you, your friends will throw? Like, what, what's your usual Halloween uh, routine? We were, I was like that before, but we have so many dogs now that it's, it's hard to like let kids keep coming up to the, to the, to the uh, house. you know, to the house and the dogs are going crazy. And some of them are at the door freaking, yeah. you know, so we just, a few years ago, we were just like, yeah, I think it was about five years ago. We were just like, yeah, we can't do the candy anymore. It's just, it's too much. Cause we were all, we've always had three or more dogs uh, over the last at least five to seven years. So it, it just became too much. It's the same like, you know, we used to go out and watch the fireworks on 4th of July. Too many dogs to do that. You know, New Year's. And it's, yeah, it's just, yeah. We, we, we always were a very dog first family. And right, right. Uh, like you were telling me your story and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The kid, what's, what's up with the dog? Is the dog okay? No. I joke there for us, but uh, yeah. So being taking care of the dogs became more of a thing than than being part of the holidays, you know. Yeah, because of my dog, dude. I I despise Fourth of July now. Oh, me too. Fourth of July, New Year's. I don't mind Hall- Halloween's like my favorite thing. Is I love Disney villains, and I, I like. Right. If you follow my Twitter, you'll know you've seen me dressed up as uh, exactly American Thor. I don't call him mm-hmm. Fat Thor. I call because they were they were they were like if Thor was America he'd be this big fat ass with a beer and beer belly so I was American Thor when I went to Disneyland and I posted a bunch of pictures meeting like Loki and the Thor and uh, the Almighty Thor and and it was fun so yeah I get festive for the for Halloween especially. You know, Mike, I won't, you know, uh, discuss your financial situation, but I feel like the person that you are in your heyday pa- passing out candy, you were like the the guy that gave it full-size candy bars. Am I wrong? We uh, we did have a set. Uh, we had the random, the regular kids would get good candy. We were never like the cheap lollipops. We were right, always right, yeah. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, Kit Kat, Butterfinger, Baby Ruth, yeah. we were always that. But yes, we had our select group of like, 20 to 25 kids that would come and get a full candy bar for sure. Dude, baby Ruth is an underrated candy bar. Great candy bar. Have we done one of my wife's favorites? Yeah, we did. We did. We had uh top five candies and I I think we decided to like keep Reese's peanut butter cups off our list, but we had a good list. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. I remember because I'm like cold Kit Kat, cold Reese's peanut butter cup is like my top two. I like yeah. cold candy. Like I want my candy out of the freezer or the refrigerator for sure. Cold M and M's. Never had a cold M M&M, and M, but I love peanut butter M and M's. 
That's yeah, that's a good one. The crispy is my favorite. I, I don't care if it's from pretzel or cookie or whatever, but crispy M and M's cold all day. Have you had the fudge brownie? That's my wife's favorite. It's good. Yeah, those are good. Yeah. All right, Mike. Here we are talking about food right right off the bat. Uh, let the people know where they can find you on Twitter, sir. At CD Piglet, guys. Nice and easy. Guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. Well, Mike, here we are a day later than usual to, to break down the Cowboys victory over the Chicago Bears. Uh, you know, let's let's talk about something that could be concerning to most people. It's, it's going to be our run defense. What are your thoughts on that? I, I feel like it's the best it's been during the DAC era. That always mm-hmm. seems to be the team's downfall when we get in the right. playoffs. And I feel like it was always runs up the middle. And I do believe with Bohana and and now everybody knows. If you've watched this, you know I'm a uh, Hankins fan. And we added him and Hopkins, you know, Mm -hmm. I think better up the middle. They're getting attacked at the edge. But I believe that's harder for – it's harder to sustain that in games, Mm -hmm. especially in playoff games where it's like, it's you you just it's it's easier to control to not get like killed by that to to have to kind of ring that in a little bit more than a team that could just run five yards up the middle every time on you exactly so i feel like i understand where people are like oh man you know we're giving up big yards to certain teams but we were a top 10 defense and epa uh per play on runs before the bears game and, and one of the best teams in the league was the Commanders, and the Bears ran all over them. And mm-hmm. Had a great run defense, and the Bears ran all over them. Yep. They did to us. The thing is, is, is that's really all they can do. So when you're up 20 points like Dallas was, you're not, okay, run. Run the clock out, you know? So right. I, I, it's not great, but – I don't see it as a thing where the team can get like eliminated by like this is going to beat us in the playoffs. I don't see it as that, and it's been that for many years under Dak's uh, uh, in the Dak era. Yeah, it's definitely the lesser of the two evils. I look at it this way, Mike. You know, we've the Dallas defense has allowed 100 yards or more in six out of eight games. They're ranked 25th in yards. Uh, the, the defenses, which is obviously isn't good, yet we've only allowed four rushing touchdowns all season, which is good for third in the league, and we won four out of those six games. So, you know, I'm not really concerned with our rush defense just because I feel like most teams can't stop our offense. And like you said, it, or, you know, when if you have to choose having a bad pass defense or rush defense, give me a bad rush defense all day, every day. Mm-hmm. You want to know something crazy that I saw today? Uh, last year at this point of the season, you know how uh, everybody was like, turnovers are going to regress. You know, we had so many turnovers last year. Yeah. Last year at this point in the season, I think it, I believe, forgive me on the sack number, but I believe, huh? 17. Oh, it was 17 sacks at this point and like 14 turnovers. Mm -hmm. And this year it's 33 sacks and 13 turnovers. So you've almost, dude. You've almost doubled the sacks, and your turnovers only dropped once. So I'll take you know, that. Yeah, every year. all day, all day. Thirty-three sacks in eight weeks is ridiculous, dude. It's 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 impressive. <laughs> it's impressive. absolutely crazy. You know, uh, sticking kind of with the runs here, Mike. M- mobile quarterbacks is that is that the Achilles heel to this Cowboys defense? Uh, I I don't believe this defense has an Achilles heel. 
if I'm being honest, mm-hmm. I, I don't. I think is their their toughest games uh, against mobile quarterbacks. I'd say yes, but if you look like. Eagles, if they don't get turnovers from Cooper Rush, didn't get didn't move the ball a lot. And the Bears overall, I think they 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 surprised Dallas by continuing to run when they got down 28-7. And yeah. Dallas is kind of like, don't worry about the run. They're gonna pass now. Let's get after the quarterback. And kind of um uh you know, they got shocked into oh shoot, you know, this team's just gonna run, like they're not gonna pass. But if if you look like Burrow is pretty mobile and didn't do much, Jalen Hurts pretty mobile. He had 60 yards rushing, but if they don't turn the ball over three times in Philly's area, you know, they had like one or two good full drives. Uh, the one after it was 17-20 was concerning, but they were pretty worn down at that point because the offense wasn't doing anything. And then this one's just Bears happen to be that unique team like Baltimore a couple of years ago that teams haven't figured out how to stop their their rushing attack using the quarterback yet. So I, I don't I, it's the toughest, but I wouldn't call it an Achilles heel because I just don't think this defense has one. Yeah, I would agree with you there. Um, as far as mobile quarterbacks go, I mean, what what team doesn't get hurt by mobile quarterbacks? And I think it's only really a problem if the quarterback is mobile, but he's also making you pay with his arm too. And we haven't had that happen to us this season yet. So, and, you know, I just, I, I mean, again, like I said, I, I think every team struggles with mobile quarterbacks, but unless they're doing, they're killing you with their legs in their arm, it's, I mean, I'm not really worried about it. It, it reminds me of, uh, uh, that reminds me of, uh, I saw this thing today where it showed Dak over the last 17 games and his stats mm-hmm. were really excellent. And somebody was like, yeah, show him versus the good teams." And this other person was like, yeah, that's anybody like every, Hey, yeah. guess what? You play worse against the better teams. This welcome to being a football player. Like CD lamb will kill other people. Justin Jefferson will kill worse cornerbacks than he will better defenses. You know, it's like stupid stuff like that. Well, yeah, mobile quarterbacks going to hurt a lot because they can make more plays just how it is. Exactly. People love to try to, you know, you say one good thing about Dak and hear people come out of the woodworks like, well, what about this? Well, how does he do here? Yeah. That's yeah. Well, how do you do in that playoff game? I'm like, well, let's, I, I understand we wanted the team to do better, but do we have to define them off that one game? Cause I right. could easily go, how do you do in the, in the green Bay game where he brought us all the way back. He was amazing, you know, as a rookie. So why doesn't that game count more? You know what I mean? It's one game. So you got to kind of give it a totality more. Yeah. You know, Mike, sticking with, with the run theme here, if you were if you were Mike McCarthy, how would you handle this Pollard-Zeke situation? Okay, so for me, I I, I am in I am not in the camp of of oh Zeke shouldn't get the ball. Tony Pollard needs to start this or that. I don't that. I don't care. They can give Ezekiel Elliott the ball 25 times if it's yeah. if it's working. Tony Pollard needs to get 15 touches a game. Period. Mm-hmm. He forget who's running, running back. That's not your best playmaker is Tony Pollard. It's not CD Lamb. It's not. It's not Michael Gallup. It's not. It's Tony Pollard. It's not Turpin. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I love Turpin's speed of it. No, Tony Pollard is your best playmaker. I, I honestly want him to get near the most touches of anyone on the offense. 
But the games, if you look like the games at Tampa where he's getting like three touches and there was another game he got like eight, like that's malpractice. At this point, mm-hmm. that's malpractice. Like every time Tony Pollard touches the, the ball, there's a better chance he scores than anyone else on the field. Like that he on 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 our offense, he's the one guy that oh Tony Pollard has it. Okay, could be a touchdown. So I'm looking at finding a way to get him 15 touches a game, no matter what. If that means Zeke's got to get eight, then he's got to get eight. If Zeke gets 25, fine. Just mm-hmm. don't tell me Pollard only had nine. That's not going to work. So mine is about making sure Tony Pollard gets touches, and then the rest of it can go around that. It's funny you say 15 touches, Mike, because for me, it's I say let Zeke get the starter label, you know, let him have the third down work, let him get the goal line work, but give Pollard a minimum of 15 touches per game. I was doing some number crunching, and in seven games played, Zeke averages 17 opportunities, opportunities being rush attempts and targets. He averages 17 opportunities per game as of today. In eight games played, Pollard averages 12 opportunities per game. So, you know, I like that balance, but like you, Mike, Pollard clearly clearly needs more touches per game. Yeah, I, I 12 is is not good enough. Get it to 15 at a minimum, 15 mm-hmm. every game. He, he has he's just too good at cutting and getting loose and and making big plays. He's, he just is. He's got to get the ball more. And just because Zeke's the starter doesn't mean that they can't be on the field together. It doesn't mean he can't utilize them both. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I said, this is not anything to do with Zeke. Give Zeke the ball 20 times. That's mm-hmm. fine. Just make sure Pollard gets at 15 no matter what. Every time you have them on the field together, you're making the de- defensive coordinator like question what he's doing, have to think what he's doing, have to react. Maybe you, you know, you send out a, like a a package there that he's never seen before. He has to blow a timeout. All those little things can can add up, man. So any way you can get an advantage, you know, having both those guys on your team is an advantage. Yeah. Absolutely. Do do what you're doing. You know, use them the way you're using the three tight ends, which mm, yeah, uh, I like that. I'll save I'll save that for uh for uh for the more question going up. But you know, just find ways to use them both and to attack defenses with them both on the field. Yes, sir. Well, Mike, you know, we, we saw quite the offensive performance, seven touchdowns. Is this a sign of what the offense will be like, or or is did we do this against the bad bears defense? I think if we're going to be fair, unknown, it, it's unknown is really mm, the okay. answer just because this was their first game that they've done that since last season, Philly, which was the backups. And then before that, maybe the commanders, you know, yeah, which had nothing to play for. So, you know, do I want to see them against, I know Tampa hasn't been as good, but I want to see us do that to Tampa. I want right. to see us go against Green Bay, against Minnesota, against Philly, against the Niners, go against those defenses and see, you know, I don't expect them to put up 49 points, but see them put up 30, uh, still be efficient passing, still be good on third down, still be good in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it's unknown for me. And I'm kind of, I, I, it's kind of just fair to say we got to wait and see. You know, for me, Mike, I'm on the other side. I kind of like to think that this is a sign of what our offense could be because when we had Cooper rush at quarterback, the the offense was averaging over 21 points per game. I'd like to think Dak is at least a touchdown better than Cooper rush. And, you know, the schedule is going to start to lighten up. So I I feel like we're – 
we're going to discuss a little bit more here, but I, I, I think this is a, a sign of things to come. I think it, I think it also is because the schedule's lighting up, but I don't know if that still means that it's necessarily a great offense or just a offense that, that can really put it on bad defenses. So that's kind of what we have to find out. Uh, like you said, you know, they're not going to do as good, just like Dak versus good teams. Mm-hmm. When they go up against good defenses, yeah, they're not going to be as good, but can they still be, are they going to be bad on third down? Are they going to be bad in the red zone? Are they going to be bad in pass protection? Like I got to make sure that they can do this versus, you know, some of the more quality defenses. If we put up 24 points against the Buffalo Bills defense, would you consider that good? I would think that we have a very good chance of winning if we put up 24. If the would you consider that a good offensive performance? If the offense put up 24, not if we scored 24 and Turpin got a punt return and the defense, you know, got an interception and took it inside the 10 and we got a touchdown. Like if we put up 24 points, that, that I would think we had a really good chance to win uh, playing Buffalo. That would be a good performance. I'm not sure how much we did or if we did it all discussed it last last week on offsides, Mike, with your dad. But prior to this game, what were your thoughts on the Bears defense? Uh, hey, to be honest, me, I, I've watched a lot of them and I thought they were pretty solid, especially mm-hmm. in the secondary. And yeah. so I listened to the shows and the shows showed that analytically they said that the numbers showed that the Bears defense had a very, very good secondary that was making it very difficult to pass. Yeah. So I thought that this game was going to be about running. They were one of the worst run teams in the league and converting on third down. And I didn't expect us to pass so, I mean, kind of easily uh, is, is the, you know, nine for 11 on third down. And they, they kind of, cut them up. They cut up their shell. And uh, yeah, I'd say I was a little bit surprised at how easy they, they move the ball on the bears defense. I mean, to see us, we had like three drives of over 70 yards, one over 60 and our first four drives resulted in a touchdown. I mean, that's, I mean, to do that against any NFL defense is impressive to me. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I was about to say you could be, if you did that to the lions who were the worst defense in the NFL, it's impressive because it's just hard to do that. Like you're, you're, we were the worst defense in the league. The lions, I believe were going into that game and it was 10, six in the fourth quarter. I mean, it's just, it's yeah. hard. NFL is hard. Absolutely. You know, I know Mike that you think the uh, offense is maybe a TBD to be determined, but looking at Kellen Moore, do you think that maybe he's starting to figure some things out? I, I think you have got to give him credit for improving the red zone. Oh like, God, yeah. They they and I think losing having to use Cooper Rush, mm-hmm. you know, helped helped him like kind of like have to help the quarterback instead of relying on the quarterback. Right, right. If you look in, I think under Dak, pardon me, coming back, they're like seven of eight in the Reds on the last two games. Like they missed mm. one, and that one miss was Noah Brown fumbling at the five yard line. Oh uh, God, yeah. Yeah, they're they're the play design on the on the um Dak keeper mm, is was just excellent. The play yeah. action, 
Malik Davis would have been stuffed, but they got it to Ferguson for an easy touchdown. The way he attacked the Bears with the three tight ends, where he would get the three tight ends out there, and then the Bears would go run heavy, and they would up-tempo them and then just start passing, running, whatever they needed to do. Like Because those those the tight ends are dual weapons. Schultz has been a better blocker this year. There's just no doubt mm-hmm. about it. He hasn't been great. He's missed, but he has been better. Hendershot's been a shockingly decent blocker. Uh, you know, he that's not what he does, but he he does. Like, right. he seems to always get a hat on a hat. And Ferg, we knew coming out of Wisconsin, was going to be a good blocker, uh, you know, regardless of the fact that, you know, even in, even in college, he was known as a hands guy, as a catcher. Mm-hmm. He yeah. was a, a a hands guy that wasn't a separator. He was a blocker and then a, a pass catcher. And so, you know, the the way Kellen Moore is using those three tight ends probably has a lot of lot to do with why Dallas kind of stayed firm on like, eh, if a wide receiver at the right deals there, it's there. But if not, we're running a lot of three tight ends most of the time anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it you gotta give Kellen Moore credit. That his red zone calling has been brilliant this year you know speaking of ferguson that little shimmy he put on that detroit defender last week dude to get that touchdown that was nice i was clean that yeah that was that dude tony pollard tony pollard left a great safety in eddie jackson's ankle sitting mm. at the seven yard line just oh man that kid is such a good don't get one-on-one with tony pollard that's that's the d that's what the dc says don't let this guy get you one-on-one because then you can't do anything. There were three times where I thought Pollard was going to get either like a tackle behind the line of scrimmage or like only a one-yard gain, and he went in for a touchdown every time. That 54-yard play, and again, this is not a Pollard should start over Zeke, but Zeke loses two yards. He just – there's just oh – my God, dude. There's, and Pollard was able to get around to the outside and get 54 yards, and that is why he needs 15 touches minimum. Because he can make plays like that, and Zeke, who is good, I'm, I'm good with them. I promise you guys, give him the ball 20 times. Mm-hmm. But he's just not making plays like Tony Pollard can make plays. So you have to make sure you get your playmaker the ball. I don't care if it's running, passing, punt returning. Now we have Turpin, so we don't need it. But the point is, get it in his hands. One thing I didn't realize about Tony Pollard's his vision, man, is borderline elite i didn't realize i mean he's so good between the tackles but then the way he reads the holes and can make those small little cuts dude it's ridiculous he he is flexible and he uses it to extreme prejudice <laughs> let's move on here no i'll answer this question was this a game of uh uh, this game a sign of Kellen Moore figuring things out. I kind of feel like it did, like you said, maybe having to, uh, you know, Cooper Rush those five games, having to figure things out with him with a, a offensive line that is still kind of a work in progress. I think he had to maybe open up the playbook a little bit and maybe, you know, get more creative, like something we've been wanting since since last year, like the first eight weeks of last year. I think he had to kind of go back to his old way, so it was nice to see. Yeah, is they – they went from struggling in the red zone early to struggling kind of everywhere later on when the running game, you know, teams could just play shell. And yeah. you could tell they came in this year and said, if teams play shell, we're going to run on them. So we need to bring that out. And they have. 
and we're going to score more touchdowns in the red zone. And they've done that. And you could, you can clearly see that was the focus of this offseason. Be able to run against small boxes and uh, and win in the red zone. That, that And they've really improved. Yeah. Uh, another bright spot, of course, Mike, on Sunday was was Dak Prescott. Do you think that are, – are we are we on the cusp of Dak taking his game to another level, something that you and I have said we haven't even seen a ceiling yet? I mean, are we seeing him uh, progress even more? I just need him to get back to the first six games of last year. MVP candidate. And, and, and the thing is, is the, the team is not as good around him. So mm-hmm. do I expect the team to have the number one offense? No. But if Dak is playing like he did the first six weeks of last year with the way this team can run and play defense and play special teams, yeah, they're, they're, they're I don't see how they're not, easily the favorite in the nfc but i mean they're gonna challenge buffalo and kansas city even absolutely you know when Dak was injured mike he mentioned that he was either like seeing the game or or the game can be so simple i can't remember the exact quote when he was injured he was watching from the sidelines you know i think that seeing cooper rush have success in playing within the offense i feel like uh, that's kind of led Dak to trust himself and maybe kill him more because of that. And I think maybe we're, we're, we are starting to see Dak take it to another level. Maybe instead of trying to be a perfectionist, he's kind of trusting his eyes more, maybe trusting, trusting Kellen more. And, and instead of overthinking, just kind of let the game come to him. I think, uh, I think he's the best play action quarterback in football right now. I mean, he's just annihilating in play action. And uh, again, I believe that has to do with the improvement uh, of Kellen Moore's offense running the ball. So uh, he he might be ready to take that leap. He was carving up the middle of the field. Something that you know was always a criticism from Brian Broaddus is that he's great outside the numbers, but the middle of the field, his ball placement, and everything needed to work. And I feel like we've seen we've seen him be better, you know, in a short sample size, of course, this season. And it's been a thing about his interception. Uh, I will say that um, that watching the All-22, I believe it was more of a C.D. Lamb thing. But I can understand where people would go like, just don't take that risk there. But uh, C.D. did not run out his route and run it hard. And I believe he ran the incorrect one for the coverage that was in front of him. So, you know, maybe they didn't have an option and, and C.D. Lamb was running the route. But the way that play put together – it looked like a, a deep in or a dig would be the correct route to go with the with the the linebackers being sucked up for the Bears on the tight end. He Lamb had a way to cut right in front of the safety. You know, if he if he runs the the route that I thought was the proper one, um, the great Bob uh, Sturm he he was saying no. You know. It was more on the quarterback, and he explained to me why he thought that. And I mm-hmm. and I told him, I go, hey man, you're the man, and you know this stuff. I do. I I see where, you know, one Lamb didn't run it out, which he agrees with, but he was saying that it was a post on that play, and I was saying that I thought Lamb ran the wrong route, that the play was not that the way that play goes, it shouldn't have been run as a post. That's the incorrect combination there. And maybe Lamb ran the wrong route. And so that was something we, you know, he even said, there's no way of knowing that, you know, and, and stuff. But I told him, I know, you know, 
Barbstrom, he's he's a beast. So I'm Res- not very well respected. Yeah, I'm not gonna get out. That's like telling Duke Merriweather, you know, hey man, like you don't know nothing about the offensive line. Like, no, I'm not gonna do. I wasn't going out there saying that. Yeah, was, yeah. And a wide receiver might have ran the wrong route. It's very possible, and I don't like. Even he put that Lamb, you know, didn't run it out. Which even if he does that, he can knock the ball away. But mm-hmm. if, that, if that play was a post, then a lot of the blame goes on Dak because there's no way you could throw a post there. If that was supposed to be a deep in and and Lamb could undercut the safety and go up and get it and then you know try to make a play, well then I would say great throw by Dak and and the receiver wasn't in the right spot. So that's what's so hard about it. We we're not in the the film room. We don't know. And I, I pride myself. I think I'm very good at watching all 22 and understanding it. Yeah. But I saw one thing and Bob saw another. And this is, you know, one of the best in the business. Yeah, yeah. It's just, if me and him are both like, man, we see two different things, it, without being in that room, it's just hard to know. And that's why I told him I would lean towards your expertise because he's closer to being in that room. He right. can really ask Lamb. Hey, was it supposed to be a post there or were you supposed, you know, and he may have, I don't know. I can't. So, you know, I, I bow to him on that, but that that's how tough that play was. You know, looking at it, just remembering, you know, from what I saw on Sunday, it was like in double coverage. Who's to say that Lamb didn't maybe make a business decision and he decided not to, not to finish throughout or go up for the route. Cause once the ball was there, it was actually a triple coverage. So like you said, nobody knows except for, for CD and Dak. Yeah, exactly. You know, Mike, we saw Michael Parsons again do something he hasn't done. He he, he over-pursues, then he goes all the way down, makes the tackle, causes the fumble, picks up the ball, runs it back for like a 70-plus yard TD. Is Michael Parsons the MVP? Okay, here's the thing. Should he be in consideration Absolutely. Probably a top three, top five, easy, top three, maybe. But if we're just being honest, that award's a QB award. They always, Always. Cooper Cup didn't get it last year. Like, the guy won the triple crown everything, and they gave it to Aaron Rodgers, who had a great year. But, I mean, like, it basically, unless all quarterbacks are just terrible, Mm -hmm. nobody else is going to get it. And only two defensive players ever have won it. And while I see the impact Micah clearly has on this defense, there, there's not going to be enough voters that that are not going to give it to a QB. They'll say defensive player of the year is what he wins. That's what he is. But MVP is going to go to a quarterback because the importance of the position. So, unfortunately, I don't even think he has a chance at it, which sucks because he he's great. Yeah, I mean, definitely, Mike. Mike is it? Mike, without this, without Micah Parsons, we do not go forward one with Cooper Rush at quarterback. Micah is the MVP of this team. He is the best defensive player in the NFL this year, and he definitely is the defensive player of the year. Yes, but what about MVP? I said he was the MVP. Oh no, okay, I said he was the MVP of this team, MVP of the league. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's a quarterback award. I mean, Josh Allen and the Bills are having a good year, but we've kind of seen him do this already, right? And he hasn't he hasn't been to a Super Bowl yet. Again, that's not just all on him, but I don't know. I'm trying to think of a player who, I mean, you look at what A.J. Brown is doing for the Eagles, Jalen, the type of season Jalen Hurts has had. I don't know what player is having as much or more of an impact than Michael Parsons is having for his team. Uh, 
I don't believe anybody uh, really could completely say, oh, you know, we're above, he's ahead of the impact of Micah Parsons. But I believe the voting would have Josh Allen, Mahomes, Hertz, and Tua all above Micah Parsons. Oh, Tua. Interesting. That's a good one. I know, but it's just, it shouldn't be. Like, it shouldn't be, no, but that's a, that's an interesting one. But I think they wouldn't, and Mark, Michael Parsons would be right in that three to five range. Because uh, I think Mike McDaniel, he's more of like head coach of the year than Tua is MVP, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's that's how I would see it. I just, with that award, they're going to try to give it to a QB. Yeah, they always do. All right, Mike, you know, you were, you had some things to say about the Cowboys not making a trade. Maybe not so much as our guy Massey. Follow it, Massey at J.A. Massey there on Twitter, part of the 4D podcast and part of the Pick 6 crew as well. But, you know, Mike, if the Cowboys had made a trade, what position did you want them to address? I wanted cornerback uh, oh, okay. myself. Cornerback, uh, uh, then DT, then wide receiver. I, um, I right now, I like Bland, but I don't like having to put a rookie in that responsibility when we're, you know, I'm, I'm not – I'm not trying to develop right now. I'm trying to win. Like the mm-hmm. NFC is weak right now. I, I just I don't think the Eagles are that great, and they might be the best team in the NFC. And like they don't scare me if I got Dak Prescott healthy and Micah's healthy and Tank's healthy in them. You know, if I right. got my crew, if both our crews are healthy, I think we can beat the Eagles by a couple scores. Like I just don't think they're better than us. They don't they don't match up well with us if we have a healthy Dak Prescott. If you take Cooper Rush out of that first game at their house, you know, I, I just think, and put Dak Prescott in, uh, a ready, practicing, ready-to-go Dak Prescott, I think that's a smoke show. We 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 whoop on them. They got three turnovers in their area and won by nine points at home with Cooper Rush playing. Like, that is not a good sign for them. So, I don't like our matchup with San Francisco but uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not into developing. I don't want to get off track on that. I'm not into developing right now. I would rather go out and get a guy, move a B to slot to to fill the role of uh, Jordan Lewis, and get a guy outside. I think Bland, I think you could do that with Bland, but I would rather have gone and got a guy. And so obviously, and for good reason. But you still, the jury's still out on Kelvin Joseph, obviously. But even in the small spurts that we have seen him, I mean, do you still? Is he still? Are you still? Do you still have questions about Kelvin Joseph and his readiness? Bland's just been better. He's played better. They've both been on the field, and Bland's played better. So I can't. This isn't me being from Fresno, and he's a Fresno State guy. I love mm-hmm. him. I knew. I absolutely know. I told everybody the minute we got him that he was making the. Team. I go, oh, he's making the team. Fifth round pick. We have so many corners. He's going to make the team because all he did was special teams over Mm -hmm. everything he did at Fresno State. He was special teams captain. So I knew this was a fossil pick. It just so happened that he got out there. He has the size and the speed and the length that they like in Dallas. And he he competes because of his special teams background. He knows how to compete. And so he's just right now, he's playing with more confidence and playing better than Joseph. Joseph, skill-wise, much better player. But if you're not right right here, it don't matter. Well, let me ask you this. What, what secondary do you feel better about? Diggs, A.B. in the slot, Joseph on the outside, or Diggs, Bland in the slot, and A.B. on the outside? Well, that's a good one. Uh, I think I'd still go with Bland in the slot. I. Okay. 
I think he's played better in the slot than Joseph has on the outside. Mm-hmm. I really, here's the thing. I believe Kelvin Joseph's a gamer. And I believe if, I do not want this to happen. But somebody breaks their arm and Kelvin Joseph has to play six games. I think in those six games, we would leave going, oh shit, Kelvin Joseph's our, our corner out there. Like mm-hmm. he's going to be a guy. But not in just limited reps, like, you know, oh, he's coming in, he plays a few, gives up a touchdown. Like, that was a hard cover. He shouldn't have been on outside leverage. His help was outside, so it's on him still. But I just think if he played five games, he would ball out. Right. Deron Bland might, though, too. Like, and and he that's just on the type of ability and grit he has. So it's I, I would take Deron Bland in the slot so but you know let's just say heading into 2023 season joseph's got a full offseason as a starter bland's got a full offseason as a starter feeling pretty good about the secondary with Diggs, bland and joseph right yeah yeah i'd be pretty happy especially if if bland can can show that he can play that slot spot oh my lord and then maybe in the sean wright as qb as in cb4 is that kind of still a work in progress what's going on with Deshaun wright I just think he was a special teams guy. They were hoping to develop his size the way they have Bland. Yeah, but yeah. Bland is not that big, but he's mm-hmm. he's bigger. He's li- he's what you actually want. See, once you start to get up into the taller than Bland types, now you get guys that aren't shifty enough. Yeah. Bland is just that right height and length and shiftiness. Deshaun Wright doesn't have the shiftiness. He if if you run a drag on him, you're you're gonna get yards every time he just doesn't guard it well and then his special teams hasn't been as good as the guys coming up so he's been inactive Mm, okay so mike uh realistically looking at this you know talking about this these trades here who are you hoping dallas would trade for was there a player in mind yeah jeff okuda oh he you thought he might be on the trade block yeah well i mean they're one in whatever they're one in seven he's yeah, but I feel like he's a cornerstone piece. He's in his second or third year. He hasn't done anything for them up before this year that makes them like, all right, you know, we got to do this or that. If if they could get a two for him, you know, uh, which mm-hmm. I'd rather give up a three, but I feel like this was the first year that he started to show off and, and they're the last defense in the league and he's more yeah. of a ring support. But I like that. I want I want a cornerback that can come up and run support and and uh, and help out on the outside. I think that's one of the the quote unquote weaknesses of Dallas's corners coming up and and filling that outside. And Okuda's good enough in coverage. He's on a rookie deal. He can do that. And then Judy was the other one. If we had to go wide receiver, I like Judy on a rookie deal. I've mm. I liked him out of college. I think. Uh, Dak's good at making wide receivers better. And I don't think Russell Wilson is doing that anymore at this point of his career. So I would have liked, those would be my two guys on offense and defense. Do you think Jerry Judy would have been a better fit in this offense than maybe a Chase Claypool? Yeah, I think Judy probably fit the most what Dallas would want over Claypool and Cooks. I think Judy was more the fit. Uh, Cause he can move around which is what they want because CD lamb can move around too. So yeah, I think, I think Jerry Judy would have been the best fit. Okay. 
Yeah, man. I mean, our defense would have been nasty if we could have Akuda and Diggs on the outside, dude. My goodness. Oh, disgusting. So, you know, Mike, you mentioned in that tweet earlier that you were hoping if we were to make trades, there was two defensive positions that you were hoping to address. But when you look at it, are Hankins, Damone Clark, and Deron Bland the reason Dallas didn't make a trade, you think? I think that's the reason they'll say. I think mm-hmm. they'll come on and, you know, we like the guys we have and everything. But exactly. this team's just, they don't, it's not something they do. Like, they're bad at trades. Like, they, every once in a while, they hit a good trade. But for mo- for the most part, they want to win a trade so bad. Exactly. That they, that they just don't do it. And when they do, it's normally, it had been so bad that you understand why. They got laughed at so many times. You understand why they're so reluctant to pull the trigger on one. Like, the best one they've done lately was Quinn. Quinn was a great trade, but before that, like, if you look back now, you know, the value for what you got from Ari Cooper probably wasn't worth it. You let him go after a couple of years. First round pick would have been around five years. He did help the team and help Dak in that time. But if you really push back and look at it, you probably rather have the first round pick. We all know about the Roy Williams and the Joey Gallo trades and Oh my goodness. Just, I mean, we've had some bad ones. So uh yeah, I I just I think they're they're they've done they were afraid that they weren't gonna be relevant after how bad they looked in Tampa and Dak got hurt. Now that they know the team has an easier schedule, the quarterback's healthy, they're gonna be relevant all year. I don't think they're really like all right, gun ho to go out. They they've never been that. As long as they're relevant and making money and in the news. That's good enough. And then if they could win a deal where everybody's like, damn, you got that, then yeah, they'll yeah. do it. But otherwise, they're not going to risk losing a deal. Yeah, we either overpay for a guy or we do nothing at all. Yeah, that's it. So, Mike, what were your thoughts on the Tristan Hill release? Were you surprised? Uh, No, only because one Dallas – again, Dallas is bad at trade, so they couldn't get one done for anything – and then the other is with Basham coming back and, and Hankins, Gallimore probably has a better chance of getting a big payday, uh, you know, a- after he's gone. So you keep him and try to work, get him good to get a cop pick. I don't think Hill was there because he's he's been better this year. But just because you're better than ex- expectations doesn't mean you are good either. So, you know, there's not going to be teams running out, jumping to sign him to a four-year deal if he clears waivers, you know? So I'm not surprised he got cut, honestly. I feel like his career trajectory, if he's lucky, he could be like the Dorrance Armstrong, you know? Yeah, you know, he's young, get on the right team. That's possible. He, I mean, like, you know, he always makes splash plays, but he's never consistent. Yeah. He never, but he never also never had a full-time role here either because of injury and things like that. But I, I wish him well. You know, I, I hate to see players, you know, with that kind of – with that with talent too bad or, you know, fall out of the league. So hopefully he can do something then. Yeah, maybe he makes it back to the practice squad. Oh, that'd be nice. Oh, um, Mike, here we are. Oh, sorry. <laughs> if you can stay awake on us, Mike, your views from the sidelines. What did you see from Damone Clark in his first NFL game? Uh, I I was asleep. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, you do you know that he clocked the fastest time of any linebacker this season? I do. Micah said he's faster oh. than him. Yeah, yeah. He's and he's larger. Like mm. he's a freak. He, he doesn't have the natural like. How do I put this? Because obviously the speed and the size are natural gifts, but like 
He's not Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons is so rare, but he's like one of those guys that when you pair him with a Micah Parsons, it's unfair. Like, Dude. oh my God. Jabril Cox is like not going to be able Waiting to in the wings. And, and next year you have Curse signed. You have Hooker signed. Um, Wilson might go, but you have McQuamu. You have Marquise Bell. Like, Jabril Cox has got to get really good on special teams or hope Luke Gifford goes to get start getting actives and be able to get in games. Like, that's how special these two linebackers could be. Now, don't be surprised if Clark gets like 10 snaps next week. There's no way they wanted him coming back off that spinal fusion and running 40 snaps. Like, Mm-hmm. Mike McCarthy is into the GPS numbers and don't be surprised. Don't freak out. Like, Oh, he must've not been good. They only give him 10 snaps. They're going to try to, you know, work him back in a Ease lot lower than that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 40 snaps is he was in over 50% of the snaps. Barely. It was 79 total defensive snaps and he was mm. in. So wow. if I wouldn't be surprised that Jabril Cox is active this week mm-hmm. and plays in a lot of snaps because they're trying to give Damone Clark a little bit of a break. Yeah. Keep him in a bubble wrap. Yeah. Man, it would be nice though. If I just feel like Micah's skill set, Damone's skill set, and then Jabril's skill set, they all match so perfectly that that trio could just be so ridiculous, dude. It's, it's pretty nasty. Like no team's going to want to run like the three tight end sets like we run on us because you're basically asking us to bring curse up and bring mm-hmm. Jabril Cox, Damone Clark, and Micah Parsons right at the line of scrimmage. Like everybody's going to want to spread out just to avoid that linebacker crew. So, I mean, you know, Damone had that one play where he, uh, you know, he ran for like t- close to 22 miles per hour, but just from an evaluation standpoint, I mean, were you impressed from what you saw? Did he, did he look better than you thought? Or were you just like, okay, you know, I see something. I, um, I know he had a, he had a, he's obviously athletic, but I don't know if he knew where he was supposed to be going all the time, which is fair. Like that's not a criticism of him. You know, he's a rookie it's week eight and he's making his first start. He had no training camp. Like, Let's give this guy some time. So I'm I'm not going to kill him and be like, oh, I evaluated and he just wasn't that good. You you can see it. You can see he's going to be he's going to be really freaking good, guys. Get excited. But I I'm not guaranteed that it'll be this year. You know, let's give him some time to to work it out. Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry, Mike. I didn't mean to uh, look distracted here, but I hear something going on outside. It was like somebody was on my back patio. It sounded like there for a second. Uh, hold on. Give me one second, bro. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. I'll talk. Look, I'll just go into the next uh, the next question, which is, okay, with a 6-2 and two record, the Cowboys are, and it's for one word. That's our one word of the day. I picked relevant. Um, I think relevant's a good word because it's kind of what the Joneses want. I'm not going to say they're top contenders, but I'm going on to one word right now, Paul. So my oh, appreciate you. My word was relevant. And, I like that. And I, I picked it because I think it's kind of what the Jones, at the beginning of the year, they were afraid that they weren't going to be. And so they kind of got a win already on the season because you know the ticket sales are going to be engaged. You know they're going to be mm-hmm. in a playoff and They're going to be at least one playoff game more than likely. Yeah. So right now, as of right now, they are relevant. They are, they are. are in the mix. That word – 
makes me feel better about my word. Not that it's a bad word. It's actually perfect. It's just usually you you go deep into the dictionary, Mike, with some words I've never uh, even heard before. So for me, my one word is uh, with a six and two record, the Dallas Cowboys are surprising. You know, Mike, to start off the season, we lose, you know, some key pieces to this team. The draft was kind of a wait and see approach. And off, of course, the bridge and the signings weren't very exciting to a lot of people. We kind of went into the season thinking it was going to be a development. I believe that was a word that we used quite a bit uh, heading into the season. But to see us with a six and two record heading into the bye, oddly enough, I think we it was either both of us or one of us had us going into the bye with a six and two record. I know that we were pretty high, uh, you know, just looking at the schedule, you know, from a team versus team standpoint, we, we still thought the Cowboys were a playoff team. But, um, you know, I, I can't help but feel like we both thought the Cowboys, again, were going to be six and two heading into the bye. But we didn't we also didn't have very high hopes for the season either. I definitely had our mine at six and two because I had losses to Tampa and the Rams. Those were my yeah. two. And uh, I I want to say I I thought you might have had seven and one, but I'm not maybe I'm not sure about that. But you got to imagine if you had Dak Prescott, you're probably right. You know, I had um I know I had a starting off four and zero, red hot, but then I feel like I had us going. Uh, two and two, maybe losing to like the Lions and some. Oh, the, maybe the Lions and the Eagles. I, I feel like maybe, yeah, it could be. Okay. Well, Mike, here we are, you know, kind of in the I know Halloween has passed, but in the spirit of Halloween, we've already ranked candy. I think we did scary movies once. So now we're going to do our top five tonight is top five things you're afraid of. Mike, what, what's number five on your list? It was tough because I don't, I don't have a lot of like fears. So okay. it, was, it was tougher, but I did like, I don't really like heights. So I put that as fifth. I I'm not one that wants to get up and like, I don't do uh, uh white boy stuff, even though I'm a white boy. Right, I don't right. do skiing and bungee jumping and all that, all that stuff, because I don't like the, the heights of it. And, and like, I'm, I ain't, no, nah, I'm good on that. So yeah, that would be my, my five. Mike, number five for me, this has been something, uh, since I was a little kid, I don't know if it had anything to do with the movie Arachnophobia. I'm sure you're a fan of that movie, but uh, Spiders, number five. I remember, Mike, I was like 16, between 16 and 18 years old, obviously still living with my mom. I went to go get in the shower and I saw a spider and I screamed and had to have my mom come kill it. Bro, I, <laughs> I, I, um, I was, I was outside. My, my roommate Bubs was here. He's sitting on the balcony or on a, a bench, a statue bench we have out there. Mm -hmm. And a black widow goes right by his shoulder and head. And I am so afraid that I'm like, oh, but I don't tell him what it is, but he sees the fear on his face. So I just see him freeze up and, and he gets up and just <laughs> walking away because he doesn't know what it is, but he knows I'm so scared. And I was, dude, we laugh about it to this day. He goes, he was pure fear. He didn't know what it was. Just on how afraid I was looking at the spider by him. And I'll give it away. Spider's my four. So now you could do four and three because I that's that was my four with spiders. Mike, we had a bit of an inverse here because four for me, like you, I don't do a lot of white boy activities, but heights. I'm not the guy that like wants to go hang out on the on the roof. I mean, I will I will get on the roof, but it has to be pretty small. I don't like to be on ladders. Um, I'll ride roller coasters and stuff, but like, I don't like, there's a ride at six. Like, it's like, you just get in this swing and you're like, 
hundreds of feet in the air, like that kind of stuff. No, I ain't doing none of that, bro. No, 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 thanks. That's, yeah. that's white boy stuff. I ain't that kind of white guy. Yeah, we're we're a little bit more mellow. Yes. So, Mike, number three for me. I know this is something you're not afraid of because we discussed it, but public speaking. I hate to be the center of attention. I don't know if you consider this public speaking. I know that people tune in, you know, when we're live and things like that. But if I like, I had to take public speaking in high school, and when I had to get up in front of the classroom and like, you know, give a speech or do anything, I was just a, a nervous wreck. And again, like, I don't like to be the center of attention. So public speaking for me is my third fear. How about you? I believe you should call it speaking in front of people. Okay. Because you're kind of public speaking here. You think this is public speaking? I wasn't sure. Well, because you know you're speaking to an audience, but when you're in, when the audience is right in front of you, it's a different animal. Oh, such a different animal, dude. But you said you kind of, you... I don't know. Did you go to college for that or? Oh, yeah, I almost I was one class away from majoring in speech. Look, look yeah. at how, how much I talk on the podcast. I have no people want me to shut the hell up. I have no problem speaking in front of people. So, I mean, you're obviously you're fine to give a presentation. It could be 100 people. It'd be a thousand people. Doesn't matter. You're good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been on I've been on TV like five times. Really? Yeah. yeah. Different times I had. One where I was cooking something in elementary school, I had created an oven, and they the 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 newscasters picked out uh, mine out of all the whatever science stuff or whatever it was. Yeah, I talked on that. We had another time we were seeing the Beavis and Butthead movie, and I was under eighteen, and so they were talking to me and the parent about, "Hey, should you be able to watch this movie or whatever?" Uh, there was I'm trying to think. I've been on for. Obviously, the movies we've had have been on, but I uh, what was the other? Th- I've been on three other times. One was a court thing. Um, I can't remember, but I've been on TV like five times. Public speaking—that's a skill, man. You can make a lot of money doing that. Yeah, hey, we're trying. Hey, we, we are trying, but I'm just saying, like you know, on on the side, or if you ever wanted to dabble or go finish that one credit, you know, you could find yourself making a lot of money, my friend. I should, I should get that done. If I did it, though, it'd be in business management. Cause I'm one, yeah. I'm two electives away from a degree in that. Cause it, you know, obviously you, you have an ability to, you're a good speaker. I imagine you're a pretty good storyteller. I've never had you tell me a story obviously, but you know, hearing you reminisce about your past, it's obviously you're a good storyteller. People don't like to do it, dude. So the ones who can do it, man, they can, they can cash in. You didn't think the banana pudding was a good story. No, of course I did. <laughs> All your stories told me. <laughs> My third fear is uh, banana pudding. No, it's uh, the unknown. Oh, I, fear of the unknown. Interesting. Yeah, I have a big fear of the unknown. And I think it has to do with my all my medical issues. Uh-huh. So anytime I have to go in for like lab test, it used to be needles would have made this. But with being diabetic, I've gotten so used to needles that it, they don't bother me as much. But like anytime I have to like give blood or or like even as far as somebody goes, I need to talk to you later. Like I get like, I'll think about it. Like, well, what happened? What's, you know, what? And I can panic attack myself mm-hmm. if I don't be careful, you know? Uh, so yeah, fear of the unknown is a big one for me. So look, if somebody called you and said, hey, dude, um, I'm about to pick you up. We're going to go on an adventure. Would you need to like know all the information before even going? Or would you be like, okay, I'm good. No, because they, they I let it, it was known that it we're going to do something for an adventure. If it was like, it was something I need to talk to you about. I got then you. Then I'd be like, what, what? What's that? 
you know, mm -hmm. heads up, you know, I would be more nervous. I got you. All right, Mike, number, oh, go on, move on to number two, because my number three was public speaking. Yours is the, the unknown. What's your number two? Two is drowning. Oh. I, I used to, I used to have a reoccurring dream where uh, when I worked in a truck, as a truck, uh, uh, I wasn't the truck driver, but there's a laborer that typically goes with the truck driver. And I would always have this dream. We were going over the grapevine and the truck would go over and go into Pyramid Lake. Yeah. And then I would drown and then I would wake up like freaked out. Uh, and it's like, I don't want to die drowning. Like that's one of the things it's like, a no. So yeah, drowning is a, is not good for me. Okay. Mike, number two for me is this might be a little bit, you know, maybe personal here, but never doing anything with my life. And what I mean by that is like, here I am five years from now when I haven't moved up anywhere in my career, like I'm still at the same job, making the same pay, or, you know, I haven't bought my family a house, me and my wife and my son a house, or, you know, we haven't like gone on any trips or, you know, we're just kind of in the same, same place that we are as we are today. Instead of a fear that became a reality for me. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Man, you, you've done so much in the last like year, dude. You can't ago, say that. Years bro. ago, I was a fear. Now it's just, Oh, okay. It happened. All right. Well, Oh, well, <laughs> Dude, in the last two years, the things that you've accomplished, bro, I know I haven't known you very long, but man, you, you can't say that, dude. That's not true. Yeah, yeah, you, you're right. You're right. The last couple of years have been something pretty special here. Absolutely. Mike, it's okay. Am I number one or you're number one? My Sorry. number one. I always go first. And then you, uh, my number one is being eaten alive. Oh. It's shark. Wow. I won't, I oh, won't, okay. I'm not going in the ocean because mm -hmm. I can't. Even on land, on land, I could defend myself. Even if it's a lion, a bear, I can run. I can get a weapon, whatever. And in the water, nah, bro. Shark gets you. Alligator gets you. You're gone. Like one of those big ass boa constrictors. Like I don't want to do that shit. People want to do safaris, and I'll go on soaring around the world at Disneyland. Like I'll see. That's as close <laughs> as I want to get. Yeah. I, I I have no interest in that. Yeah. So yeah. Being eaten alive is no, I don't. Oh God. Like a snake digesting you. Like you're alive. And yeah. Nah, bro. You know, I'm, I'm kind of surprised not to criticize your top five, but it seems like these are things that like you've thought about being possibilities. I'm not saying, you know, obviously people get eaten alive, get bitten by sharks and stuff, but it seems like yours are more things that are less likely to happen than I feel like kind of mine are more like everyday realistic type stuff. I don't, I don't fear a lot. Like, like to be honest, right, like you did mention like, that I'm okay with heights. Like I don't like them, but I don't fear them. Spiders yeah. for the most part, I got spiders, daddy long legs all over my, my frigging room. Cause we get, I get, I don't want flies. So I'll leave a couple of daddy long legs alive to, and mm -hmm. let the, let them get the flies out of there. They they don't like I don't like black widows, but I'm I'm not really like oh my god afraid. But that one that one story where I'm like the fear on my face scared the other guy. Yeah, it's because I couldn't. I I didn't I it was right by him, so I didn't want to be like black widow. Uh, so I couldn't figure out what to say in mm -hmm. time. By the time he noticed that I was like oh shit something's wrong, and so it freaked him out more. You know, and so that's what makes the story like, oh, yeah, I was really scared of these spiders. But it really was like I froze on what to say to him to be like, get get out of there, a spider, you know. And uh, and so the fear on my face and, and freezing scared him, you know. So it's this one was a hard one for me. I won't lie. Yeah. Did it did erect the movie Erectophobia, though? I mean, did that have any effect on you at all? 
No, I actually like that movie. It's not. I mean, it's dumb. It's movie, a good movie. But, yeah, but that's what I say. When I say something's dumb, doesn't mean it's bad. I just watched right. the. I was watching the Terrifier movies. They're dumb, but they're that doesn't mean they're bad. If you if you know going in, you're kind of watching it to see how the gore is designed. Mm-hmm. You go in and and you if you're watching it like, oh, what's the? Why is this guy doing that? What's the plot? Like, what's his? No, you're going to hate it. But if you go in going, this director always does crazy stuff with his deaths. I want to see what he's going to do in this movie. Exactly, yeah. Then you end up liking the movie, even though the movie's clearly dumb. Right, right. All right, Mike, number one on my list, being a bad father. And what I mean by that, it's like, you know, when my time on earth is done and my son like looks back, he's like, I don't know, you know, he was a nice person, but like, I don't have any fond memories of him. Like, we weren't really close. Like, he didn't really teach me a lot. It was, you know, I was kind of like a closer to my mom, my grandpa, you know, things like that. My dad was okay, but you know, he was just, you know, it is what it is. Like we weren't close. I would hate, I would hate for that to happen. You ain't got to fear that dude. Cause there's, there's, that's, you ain't got to. No, there ain't, that, that no I won't allow that to happen, but mm-hmm. I would just hate it if like he thought ill of me when I wasn't here. You know what I mean? That is kind of scary to like, or, you know, if I like died tomorrow and my wife was like, you know, it sucks that he's gone. He was a good friend, but like, he wasn't the best husband in the world, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Not not feeling, you know, like you did enough for your loved ones, for your exactly. Family. You don't want them to feel that. Yeah, that's that's a good one. I, I guess I don't know. I don't I, I have I don't really have my own kids. Mm-hmm. I'm not married, and so you know, it makes it where I don't I didn't think of anything like that. That's that's a good top one, man. That's yeah, you did good, man. You you redeemed your Red Baron. <laughs> you Every week with the Red Baron. Half <laughs> top five pizzas of frozen. You know what? We're over an hour. We're not getting into it. Let's 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 go. We're good. Mike, as always, I enjoy the discussion tonight, sir. While we're getting you out of here, remind the people they can find you on Twitter. Letter C, letter D, Piglet, CD Piglet, guys. Guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. We appreciate you joining us and we'll see you guys next week. Well, you picked a frozen pizza as your pie.